0: Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminished and the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind and the business, got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerd is got no time for no kaka. Sass in class, yes, they lose the bowl of kaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hillier. He gon' bring more no game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the
1: Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriter's Rant Room. If we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what everybody wants. Kind of, ever. Yes.
2: <laughs>
1: After uh, Chadwick Bozeman passed, we had to go back to that, you know. Um, yeah, it was just important. We're, so until Lisa creates something new in the new year, yeah. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to roll with that for now. Um, yeah. You guys know how we do it on a Rant Room. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. You hear her voice, Lisa Bola Kaja, in the back building. Back in the
2: country, back in the, the country.
1: The original El Boogie. Yes,
2: yes, back in the country again, y'all. So you went, you went to Mexico and came back Yes, home? I went. As, as all of you know, I have a friend that lives down in Mexico. He drives uh, um, the San Diego City bus here for San Diego. Oh, okay. But I have, like, a ton of friends that live, like, literally, like, 20 minutes out of the board. Like, you drive across to Tijuana and, like, 20 minutes out, they have they live on the beach. It's nice. So there's a large um, American – not, they're not really expats because they, they, they work back and forth and stuff. So um, every few weeks or so, he comes and he stays over in San Diego and works, and, you know, then he goes home. And a lot of times it's like, hey, let's just hitch a ride and go down there. Apartment by the beach. Not a oh, lot great. of people – peaceful, it's out of the United States, so um, you know, we tried to go and kick it, and so I went again this time, but remember I promised, like, if, we, if, if things had not looked kind of hopeful, I told you last week I wasn't coming back, so you are lucky that I'm actually on Skype right now, because if things would have gone horribly, horribly wrong, I don't think I would have been coming back until, like, January. But <laughs> so we got the good word, and like, okay, let me hit you right back across the board. <laughs> That's
1: hilarious. Yeah. What about you? What about you, Chris, Derek? How you been, man? How's how's the show going? You guys good? The
3: show is going well. It's going well.
1: Are you on? Are you on your on your um, outline now, or are you on your script? What are you on?
2: You know, I can't talk about those things in well, public. can't tell us nothing. <laughs> well, no, I just, look, look, I'm not talking about details. I'm not Chris, no, no. he'll be trying to be slick by asking you questions and getting you thrown off, and, and, and you will be giving out key information. So he'll be wow. all nonchalant. So how's it going? How's it going? No, you know, no, I figure no. he <laughs> can talk about it with everything show look. That's <laughs> all. It's going well. It's going well. You know, um, the, the
3: outline, We the, turned turn the outline in. You know, just like we have to, there's a couple of changes we had to make. You know, because we're actually like ahead of, you know, right with someone else on it, and we're a little ahead of where we are in the room. So it's just kind of like, like where it is, it's good. It's mm-hmm. just a few things that some details in the episode before ours that that we haven't I haven't read yet. Right. Um, the script's not ready for me to know exactly how it's gonna affect something. Me, something that might that. shift. Yeah so yeah some I mean look, yeah. something's going to shift I know that you know I mean look we've I mean we've talked with the the you know the, the woman who's writing that episode uh episode beforehand mm-hmm. and just talking on that about what she's doing and she's got some great ideas and you know there's some things that she's just like well this is what I want to do but I don't know if the showrunners want to do this so mm-hmm. we have to wait and see so it's just there's, there's all that kind of like well you know it's like that Rube Goldberg kind of thing where you just got to put it together and then see how it's all going to go as changes mm-hmm. happen and uh, everything like that, you know? So, I mean, look, it's, it's fun. It's all fun. Mm-hmm. I can't even tell you. I know. I know. I know. I things, know. I
1: that's it. That's it, it. That's it. So
2: it's, uh, <laughs> this is there a cat, is there a cat in the scene? <laughs> I can't even say is it, that. Is yeah. it bigger than a bread box? I can't even say that. Can um, you say
4: what show you're on? No, no, I, can't, no. I, can't. Oh, I can't. Sorry, sorry. That's the thing. That's why
2: I can't. <laughs> Are there zombies? <laughs> yeah. Are there zombies? <laughs> uh, but Are no, but, there, <laughs> but, but I mean, it's, it's cool
3: on, on that regard, you know. Um you, you know, I mean, like one of the things about, about being ahead. When other people are on script, it just gives me, you know, like the last few days I had, um, you know, there was like a lingering project, you know, about the tattoo thing here, you know, so I had a chance to like put, to do some additional work on the deck for that. It's looking so dope.
1: I can't wait to see it. It's It's so
3: dope. It's, it's, I mean. (laughs)
1: Lauren, Chris does the best decks. So he, he used to be he used to be a graphic designer, so he's got he's got the, the leg up. But I'm not but, gonna ask you for
4: um, some advice at some point. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah I, I mean, it's it, this. It's I'm having a couple a couple of people read it. Mm-hmm. Um, just like you know, like an early draft. Um, well, actually, just like the first full draft like you know like like i had spent oh you
1: finally got all the way through this it's all I... done it's all right.
3: done mm. oh oh like lauren like it's one of these crazy ass movies where you know like go or something like that where it's like you know the last five six pages eight pages like all these storylines have to come together at once you know mm-hmm. and then there's like five of them and they all got to come together and like then make sense and then kind of be satisfactory and I mean, it's like some people read it, they were like, this is pretty fucking dark. And I was like, well, I, wrote a, I, I the last month or so has been a little dark, so it just came out that way. And then right. they were like, no, you gotta give us some hope at the end there, man, just a little bit. And I said, Okay, okay.
2: <laughs> that's okay. why you throw that's why you throw in a cat, a little cat. Someone so. has a cat, and there's hope. That's all you need. Same cat. So last yeah, well, okay. night I
3: was doing some revisions to get just that final scene done. Uh I mean it is it's it's like, you know, I'm excited. I, I mean look okay. I was telling you about it in February and it's so fascinating how it's all worked out and, and just like trying to find like details. And it's, it's one of those things, you know, there's that whole little concept of like the the 80, 20 principle,
2: Uh
3: you know, and it's like this final 20%, but like literally took like 80% of the time because it's really just kind of like making sure that like, The themes, the theme goes through every piece. Mm -hmm. And, but it doesn't seem redundant because every piece is different, you know, like, like every little vignette is different. Um, I mean, and there was like one issue where the story I told you about, you know, about the guy who gets the powers, they were like, why do you have this scene in here? I was like, why not? You know, (laughs) uh, know, but it's just, it's exciting. And I'm going to have my boy who, um, who wrote the Tupac movie, take a look at it, then he and mm-hmm. I are going to talk about some other just, I, 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 need, I need to just, you know, it's at a point where I need some people to look at it to, right. and go, oh, and then I, well, I want so so to throw some ideas I'll look out. at
1: it for the holiday if you want. I mean, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but besides that, uh, it's, you know, the ticker thing is done, you know, like that's all done. It's the, the versions have been sent to the ed- the, the trailer editor. So mm-hmm. that's all ready. To, we're just waiting for that, which I'm
1: mm-hmm. so excited that that's done. Um, and yeah, we just oh, finished, we finished this, this uh, cool little dark web series supernatural thing. I produced, Chris di- uh, di- directed, we did two, two episodes called Ticker. <clears throat> oh, and
3: that's take, awesome. And it
1: all takes place in a waiting room and these, these crazy, it's like an anthology series, so every single episode is like crazy.
3: <laughs> and, so, uh, the, oh, oh, but I, so, so before we get on Okay. I've been watching this show.
2: Because,
3: mm-hmm. you know, I don't watch a lot of television that much.
2: <laughs> unless it's
3: fucking amazing. What show's this? It's, there's this show called The Bureau. Right? The Bureau. It's yes. a French show. Oh. Um, on, on Netflix? It's, it's on Sundance now. Oh, okay. Because, you know, because cause, cause Netflix probably didn't, couldn't get it. It's so fucking good. Mm. It's so fucking good. Like, honestly, I watched because, you know, i never been anything, but I literally mm-hmm. watched the whole first season 10 episodes. You? Yeah. <laughs> in, in, like, the last three days. Like, I could not stop watching because I was like, oh, this is so fucking good. Like, it's so, the thing I love about it is you know, I had this, I had this complaint a lot about American television about how it's so, it has to be so sensational. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sensationalized on every regard. And because this is like an espionage show, but it's not the CIA. It's about the French espionage. So they're not like complete with all this money. Oh wait, wait.
2: This This is this is the one that has like five seasons. Yeah. The Syrian dude. Yeah, the Syrian French. Okay. Yeah, it's so fucking good.
3: Yeah. But because it's one of these things where what's going on is, you know, how they do that real espionage kind of shit, like you know, like trying to turn people. It's not mm-hmm. about, like, the high tech and the guns and, you know, and, like, who's got the best kind of, like, we got to crack this code and blah, blah, blah. It's it's more like this kind of, like, real interesting kind of like, you know, like, what's going on with Keeping My Cover and just... And those Is it more psychological? Really, yeah, it's so psychological. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's why it's so fucking cool. And because, you know, look, I'm not saying they don't have a budget. They have a budget because it looks, looks really good. Mm-hmm. But they're not... But you realize that it's like, oh when americans do these cia things it's like they go oh you know there's like you know the defense budget is billions of dollars so we got satellites at the at the wazoo and we can have all this kind of blah 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 and you realize these other countries don't have that Mm -hmm. so they gotta rely like more on these little kind of like like mental games and mental tricks and that's why it's fucking cool and that's why it's the bureau yeah the bureau yeah it starts uh uh, it starts um uh Matthew Castelvitz who directed a movie a long time ago called "Hate," called like La Haine, that French film. Mm-hmm. He was in Munich, and he was in. He had a little role in, in Haywire, um, and oh, and his big thing was he was the love interest in um, in Amelie. You know? Oh, that, so, so so it's it's yeah. him, and he plays this like this this really really back to the wall spot. It's so good. It's so mm, good. nice. I should check
4: it out.
1: Well, cool. If you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get to the show. So today we got my girl, Lauren Signorino.
4: Signorino, yes.
1: yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I used to say, <laughs> exactly. I used to say Lauren Sig, you know, like we cool or something. You know? That's
4: actually what I was called a lot growing up. That's Everyone really? called me Sig or Siggy.
1: That's cute. That's Aww. cute. Awesome. Uh, writer herself out there doing some big things. Um, so Lauren, I wanted to have you on the show for a couple of reasons. Um, um, you, you were on, 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 on Facebook and you had posted you know, that your episode was coming on for Good Lord Bird, which is one of my favorite shows out right now.
4: Oh, thank you.
1: <laughs> it's kind of like, and we'll, we'll get into that. We're going to get into your whole journey in a minute, but I just wanted to set this up a little bit. One of the things I love about shows like that. And Lisa and Chris know, you know, the things that I get brought in to write a lot are usually historic things or whatever. <clears throat> and so like, I have an Emmett Till, I wrote the black wall street script. Like I got all these different, you know, we wrote the original story of one of the original Buffalo soldiers, you know, so I'm in that whole world. So whenever I get to see all of the elements in one, like some of us debate, you know, um, for example, Lovecraft country, we all love it, but we have some issues. You know, and but what I the reason I love it the most is because it it checks every box that I love. You know, black folks (laughs) doing good shit, Mm -hmm. right? Um, It checks, then I'll just jump into that story right quick. You know, supernatural, you know, sci fi, you know, um, historical, like everything is in one, you know, minus minus supernatural for yours and and (laughs) sci fi, but it checks all the other boxes, the action and like all that stuff, you know what I mean? So, that's why I was like, I got to call Lauren to have her on the show. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So, let's go back and tell everybody, like, where you are from, how you got to the game.
4: Okay. So, um, well, I moved around a lot growing up. So, I don't have, like, I always say I'm from everywhere and nowhere at all. (laughs) Um, But I I moved here from San Diego. And how I got started. Shut up. Stop. Yeah. Uh, I'm from San Diego. Oh, you are? I'm in San Diego
2: right now. Yes.
4: Oh, you are? Oh, I'm I'm North County.
2: Oh, you're in North County. You're a North County girl. I'm down here by the border.
4: <laughs> well, that's where a lot might... Bonita, uh, yeah. Oh, okay, I love yeah, Bonita. Yeah. I, I yeah. live to yeah. Sandy yeah. State, so... I went I'm to kinda, San Diego State, too! Oh, my you God. Did? Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, <laughs> no like Aztec. It. No Aztec. Questionable uh, yeah. uh, mascot, but right. we love right. them nonetheless. <laughs> right. Right.
1: right, Lisa, right. did you say Vernita or Benita.
4: Bonita. Funny. Oh, that's so Where? cool! We're both from San Diego. I love—I yeah. mean, San Diego. That's the place that I call home. Whenever it's, it's when it's complicated to explain my, you know, life, I'm like, "Oh, I'm from San Diego." Right, <laughs> um, right, right. But I, I love it there, and I—I I wish I could live there. Good for you. i love it. <laughs> um So, how I got my start? So, I was going to San Diego State. I knew I was super passionate about television. I knew I wanted to be a TV writer. Everyone in my life said, that's not a real thing. You can't do that. That's not (laughs) a job you can do. Like, that's not possible. And I was like, well, screw you guys. I want to do it. I want to try to do it anyways. I knew no one in Los Angeles. I had no connections to the entertainment industry. Um, But my friend, he was going to Comic-Con to pass out flyers at a booth. And I basically just begged him, and I, because I knew TV writers were at Comic Con because I'd done my research to try and figure out how the heck am I going to meet TV writers. I need to figure (laughs) out how to (laughs) get my foot at the door. Mm -hmm. Um, And he and I, so I just said, please, 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 let me do this for you. Like, let me pass out these flyers at this booth. And so he said, okay, okay. So I went and. I passed out flyers for like an hour then the guy at the booth was kind of creeping on me asked me to wear high heels the next day so then i was like well i'm gonna go i'm gonna go and do what i set out here to do anyway so i was like i'm gonna go to the bathroom and never went back there you and, go. <laughs> and then i just went to every single tv writer panel that i could go to i talked to every tv writer that would speak to me i basically just introduced myself said you know I really want to write for te- television. I'm, you know, very passionate about this. I love, you know, X, Y, Z that you do. Cause I am such a fan. I knew everybody and what they did. And I did my research before I got there and just tried to know as much as I could and meet in as many people as I could. And from that, I actually met Derek Hughes mm-hmm. and he told me about an internship in post production on the show he was working on at the time warehouse 13. And I was mm-hmm. like, great. I'm going to apply. And um, I applied for the internship. I interviewed and I got the internship. Nice. And um, nice. that's how I got my foot in the door of the entertainment industry. And then okay. it was a long story so on nice. from there, but that's how I no, kind of got. Was... Well, no, it's, it's, it's Sorry, interesting.
3: Chris. It's interesting you mentioned Derek Hughes, you know, because Derek Hughes is one of these few guys. Honestly, he's one of the few guys. But he, well, I guess he's one of the few guys who is very generous with his time. Very generous, and very generous. he is looking to, um, uh, but I mean, not just generous with his time, but he's 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 open to bring. He's open to not letting it be like a closed club, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. because a lot of people are like, you know, they'll try to make you jump through hoops, or they don't want to give you. The entree, or like, or you know, or they're afraid that if they tell you about things, that you'll leapfrog them or some bullshit like that, you know, not, not like he fully realizes that, you know, if you have the goods, then the pies, the the you know this, then it's it's not a zero sum game for you know for working in the industry, you know, (laughs) you, you you always know that you know if you didn't get the job picking on a tv show is because somebody else was probably was was more what the showrunner wanted for that room you know so sure. it's it got nothing to do with what your ability is per mm-hmm. se like if you're if, if if you're neck and neck at the level with five six other people there's just something that you know that they have that you don't have that Nothing to do with you, but it's like it's how he, he or she is casting their room, you know.
1: So, yeah, I love Derek. Yeah, Derek's, yeah. Derek's a good dude. He's just piggybacking off what Chris is saying. As soon as you brought up that Derek did that, I wasn't even remotely surprised because Chris <laughs> and I have witnessed and we've been, you know, um, recipients of that from Derek where he's like, yo, dude, I got a I meeting set up for y'all. Y'all should go do this thing. You know what I mean? He's that yeah. guy. So,
4: yeah, and I'll be forever grateful for him to him yeah. because you know and he has continued to just be like a mentor and somebody i can talk to and say hey here's here's where i'm at now what advice do you have to get to where i want to go like yeah. he's always that person that can talk to you about it and has been so generous and like i can't thank him enough i mean i i i don't know how i would have gotten my foot in the door if not for that i think i, I think i was determined enough that i would have found another way but yeah. I, um, I'm grateful that, that he was the person I met that helped me get there.
1: Yeah. That's, relationships are important, you know, but you also yeah. have to be ready for them. And you have to be able to follow through. You yeah. Know? Definitely. So, awesome. So, so how was that program and how did that move you forward?
4: So, after, so I was in that internship and there was a lot of um, people, uh, post people that were associated with Battlestar Galactica. Mm -hmm. And I'm like a huge Battlestar Galactica fan. And so there was a post producer named Paul Leonard and um, he really took me under his wing and post he, I made it very, um, I said, you know, I'm passionate about being a writer. I wanted to be a writer. And I think it's really important that you are honest with what you want. I see a lot of people not speaking up and not saying like, this is what my goal is. And I think that was so important that I said, like, I want to be a writer and I love Battlestar and we would just, I would just geek out with him about Battlestar all the time. <laughs> and so he really took me under his wing and didn't say like, oh, you should do post, but he did help me. I got my first post PA job. I can't remember if it was through him or somebody else, but um, he knew uh, David Weddle and Bradley Thompson, who were writers on Battlestar Galactica, And they... And so he set up this lunch for for me to meet them, which was like I, I think like the most life changing lunch of my whole life. Like I to this day I'm still like <laughs> oh my God I can't believe that happened. And so um, and, you know, I geeked out with them and told them my background, and um, we had a lot things in common. I had things in common with both of them um, just personally, uh, aside from Battlestar Galactica. And, um, when they were on the show Falling Skies and they were looking for a writer assistant, they were like, well, you should come and interview and apply. So at that time I'd already had an internship. I'd already had a job as a post PA. I was Mm -hmm. kind of trying to make my way in the industry. And so I interviewed and I got that job. And so that's how I got my first writer assistant job. And so, um, kind of went on from there. Yeah. That was like my next step to get my foot in the door.
1: Mm -hmm. Did you, did you get a script
4: that year? I, I never I mean, getting a ha, that has been probably the biggest challenge I had as an assistant. Um, I most of the shows, all but one of the shows, and I've been on a lot of shows offered a script. Most oh, yeah. of the shows I've been on did not offer that avenue. Um, and I think that's really hard. It's hard for I think you hear a lot about the people who are like, yeah, they were on a season and then they got right. offered a script. That was never my experience.
2: Right. I never
4: got on I only got on one show where there was an opportunity like that. Um, and I've been on like ten show, ten oh shows. My God. Like wow. I've been on, a, or at least eight. Like I've been on a lot of shows, and mm-hmm. only one of them offered an opportunity for advancement. Wow! Wow! Uh,
3: wait, wait, a minute. So, Falling <laughs> Skies. So, did you work with Joel Thompson on that show?
4: No, I worked on. Uh, I'm not sure. I worked on seasons two and three, and um, then there was a showrunner change, and the new showrunner. Uh, he interviewed me and. You know, I just threw advice from others and from my own, just kind of sussing out. Like this is a. It got very clear that I wasn't going to get the opportunities that I was looking for. Right. Was, so I just decided to move on.
3: That's smart. That's smart. What was, yeah. um, Ayanna yeah. Floyd
4: on the seasons you were on? Who? I'm sorry. Ayanna Floyd. Um, no. Ayanna Floyd.
3: No. Okay. Okay. I'm just ch- because I know that they both worked on Falling Skies, but it's probably later seasons. No, but it's interesting you say that about how you how you. Um, uh, I think a lot of people might try to like keep the job because they. It, it's there's always that moment where you say to yourself, "Here's an interesting opportunity, but it's the best opportunity." Mm-hmm. because is it going to allow me to, to advance the way that i want to advance because i met people who've stayed on as writers' assistants because maybe they needed the money or they needed to be in that like like in that space and they were like oh if i if i leave i then I you know so i'm back to where
4: because Some, sometimes like, you're being led
3: on yeah, yeah. and yeah. i've been
4: in that situation as well it, it's it's a really mm-hmm. tough thing to navigate and it is the, the question of how do I make money? How am I going right. to pay my bills? Right. How, how, and what's going to offer me an opportunity and how am I not going to piss anybody off Right. right. Kind of all right. the things you have to navigate when you're right. These right. right.
2: Right. Yeah. Cause the thing
3: about the thing about, um, uh, um, you know, I was talking with the, uh, a showrunner and he was telling me, I was asking him, I was like, you know, how do you avoid this, um, this trap that, like, a lot of women and people of color that I see, they have, that, that they repeat staff writer?
4: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a second staff writer, second-time you know, staff writer right he, now. You know,
3: and, and the thing he told me was, and, and he was like, you got to stick to your guns and perhaps not work. Because I, the people, you, you know, which is... That's hard. Which, which that's is hard. hard. But, I mean, yeah, I, sure. I, I don't... Yeah. He, he me this and and I was like, fuck, like that, that's a real... I mean, bring that up because because that's a real thing that happens to people, you know, that you like yeah. hey, you gotta repeat again and you're like, what the fuck? Like why should I? Um, so it's interesting. Let me interesting. let me say this. Lawrence so, said I got bills to pay, so
4: I want you going. to say what you have to say, but I definitely have <laughs> something to say on this. So,
1: so Michelle Moore, my co chair on the Writers Guild and the Black Committee, she says this. White people white men Get moved up based on, um, on um, what's the word? Oh, I just had it a second ago before I thought about it. Um, they get moved up on not experience. What's the other one?
3: Merit?
4: Merit? No. Or no, um, um, time spent on the show? Or? Like
1: possibilities. Like yeah. oh, potential. That's what it is. Potential. They get moved up on potential. Women and people of color get moved up on experience that they have. You know what I mean? And that is what I've experienced, and we all probably have. We watch these people move up ahead of us, and we're like, I would kill this person in the room. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or on the page yeah. or whatever. And and because you don't have the experience per se on paper, you know, they go by their potential that they would move up, you know, and they keep moving the fuck up. That is, so anyway, go ahead, Mark.
4: Um, I, just on what you were saying, Chris, like I have – asked that question to upper levels and faced that answer of like, well you just got to say no and I'm like, that personally doesn't work for me. The whole thing of like, I'm just going to say no to a job? No, I have to make money. I have to and you know what? If you say no to a job, you're saying no to meeting a whole other staff of writers who could potentially help you down the line. So, I if as far as repeating, no, I don't want to repeat again. Would I? Yeah, because it's important to me to keep making money keep getting experience keep meeting new people and continue networking and and frankly a lot of people that say um, just don't take the job they're not in the positions that lower levels are in they're not yeah. in the positions of you know it's been a while since I worked and I don't know what I'm gonna do I, I, I you know it's it's a really it's a pr- it's a privileged position to be able to say just don't right. take the job right. And, right and I think I think like a lot of people have to be realistic about what that looks like for people that don't have as my, You know, people that don't have all this stuff in front of them. Um, so I, I, my advice isn't not take the job. It's weigh all the, the, weigh all the pros and cons. Because and right, right. everybody's different. It can work for right. you. Yeah. yeah. And, and right. the
1: thing that I was thinking about was that um, not only that, what I've learned in my experience over all these years is that not everybody wants to be a showrunner either. Some people just like, you know, being the soldier. You know, they just like being in a the room. They'll work themselves up if they do or not. You know what I mean. And some people just are okay with that. Like everybody doesn't want their own show. Mm-hmm. You know, because the responsibility is chaos. Yeah. You yeah. know, some some people do. So yeah. I understand that. You know, for mm-hmm. sure. So what was the next move for you after that?
4: So uh, after Falling Skies, mm-hmm. several other shows. <laughs> <laughs>
1: several
4: other shows where uh, they were great experience. I learned a lot. There as were I'm no as a writer's assistant. I've been. I've literally done every support staff position you can do. I've okay. been a writer's PA. I've been a writer assistant. I've been a script coordinator. Um, I've been a showrunner assistant. I've done them all. Okay. Um, sometimes I've done them both at the same time. Um, <laughs> I and, know those
1: people too? Yeah. yeah. And
4: yeah. so it's just. It was kind of for me. It was going show to show to show, and I kind of got trapped in what you guys were talking about. Is like, well, what do I do? How am I going to get a break? Like, how do I, how do I actually, and, and I think a lot of people get trapped in this cycle of like, I know I can do it. And they bring in, you know, some new hot staff writer and you're like, but I know the show. I can do this. Put me in coach. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um,
2: Right, so right. I, I
4: kind of jumped around from show to show to show either. And, and the reasons I would jump was, you know, a lot of people don't recognize this that aren't in the industry. Sh- shows last like three to six months and i worked mostly cable. So yeah. you, you go and then you're unemployed and then you got to find another job. Like it doesn't, it's not so simple as like waiting for the show to come back or sometimes right. the show runner changes or sometimes the show gets canceled. So right. because of that, I worked on a bunch of different shows and, um, until I finally got on a show. I was on one show and then um, another showrunner I'd worked with said, hey, we're going to start this Walking Dead spinoff. Um, we need somebody to be a writer assistant and script coordinator. Can oh you do God. that? And I said, <laughs> I said I can do that if, I, if there's an opportunity for me. Mm. If there's an opportunity for me to move up, I can do that.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
4: um, yeah, and that's kind of how I got my break.
1: So how did they – so was the spinoff the um... – the the flight 462?
4: The, the spin-off was Fear of the Walking Dead.
1: Oh, so the actual show. Yeah, yeah the
4: actual show. Okay, got yeah, it. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, how did they come up with um, doing the um the the web series version?
4: So, um the the network actually was like, Hey, we wanna do these we want to do this like promotional thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to do the short form content and that space was kind of opening up at that point. And they, and then the showrunner was like, Oh, okay, great. Well, I've got two people on my staff that are ready to, to do that. And mm-hmm. so that was like a huge opportunity from him that I will forever be grateful for right. uh, again of like, thank you for that opportunity to, to write and to, to create. And, um, I feel very lucky that they, they let us not only, um, Kind of co- co- work on the concept and come up with that, but they let us write it. They let us be on set. You know, they they right. had us do the whole process, even post. Wow.
1: Yeah, because it was so, like a little movie the way you guys yeah, did it. Cause it was, exactly. Yeah, And we
4: did two of them, and so that was like my first experience of like going through the entire television process. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen it a bunch. of I've seen it so many times from working on shows. I've watched it happen, but that was my first time being involved in it, and having a bit of a say and also learning, learning so much. And I think like, if you come at everything from a place of learning, you're going to get so much out of it. And people are going to, people want to teach you. I found Mm -hmm. people want, want you to learn if you have an attitude of wanting to learn and an attitude, not that I know everything, but that, Hey, I'm learning and I I really want to know. And I'd ask a lot of questions. And I, you know, I think that's, that's been the best thanks for me but,
3: yeah i, I mean but, I, I think there's an interesting thing about that is that i've sometimes i think a lot of people are they want to know but they might be afraid to yeah. ask because they feel that it's kind of showing their lack of knowledge right you no know, but yeah. and so and you and, and and that leaves you in a position where where you don't seem as eager or hungry because you're like oh i gotta ask these questions and blah 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 you know so No, but you know, I remember I was reading. It's like maybe Oliver Stone was saying this. uh, He was saying, uh, you know, part of what your job is when you're uh, you work in this industry is you got to forever be learning. Yeah. And if if you ever feel that you know it all, then you're done. Quit. You're done. You're done. Because then you're not gonna be aware of a mistake that you might make on anything. The way a scene works, the way you cut something, the way you've chosen this music. Oh, I know, I you know, you, know, you can have your ideas, right? But you gotta test them. Mm-hmm. You gotta uh-huh. test them. And, and, uh-huh. and that means other people look at it and go, thumbs up, thumbs down, you know. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I mean and the thing is and the thing is that becomes harder the more successful you get. You know, like if you're someone like Oliver oh, Stone, you roll around with three or four Oscars. Then it's like a little harder for people to to actually give you like proper feedback on stuff, you know, because they're like because there's so much weight behind you, you know, as, mm-hmm. as, as what your name means. But I feel like you know if you make that effort, start, starting when you're new in your career, you know, d- it doesn't matter how old you are when you're new in the career that you got to always be looking for something new. And, and the big thing about that is and learn stuff is. You might change the way that, that you approach telling a story. You know, mm-hmm. there's a way that you're going to learn. How, there's a way that you've learned how to tell a story that has brought you to a certain level of success. But if you keep going, oh, there's new ways. There's new ways. There's new ways. How, how do you do it? Talk to people. It just might give you a different way. And, and and better because there's always that moment when you got to kind of recreate yourself. Uh-huh. You know, and that can, and you can only really do that if you've if you've been in the space of. I gotta keep learning and, 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 and challenging myself. Because part of learning is that there's the challenge that you want to, you're challenging yourself as opposed to the floating on your laurels, which is what people do too much.
1: One of the things I wanted to talk about with you Lauren too, just in regard to those webisodes you guys did for um, um, Flight 462 and also for Passage, <clears throat> is one of the things that I love the most about the Walking Dead world and 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 here's—I don't know if you saw, but I interviewed um, uh, the 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 creators of the new uh, world beyond. Um, oh, so cool. Yeah, <clears throat> for I interviewed them for the for the Writers Guild podcast, and we were talking about this. And I said, I said, just off the cusp, I need you to know something about me. Everybody knows in this world, we all record everything. I record The Walking Dead, but it's the only show that I watch live. The only show that and Fear the Walking Dead. That's it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know. And Mm -hmm. and now, now it's Good Lord Bird. So, (laughs) so um, it's a funny thing for me that to have you on the show because one of the things I love about what you guys did with Flight and with um, Passage is you guys are really good about having a really diverse cast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and and you're not afraid for them to be the lead in something. And that is what they're not second fiddle in, in these stories. You know, they are the heroes. They are sometimes the best, the best one who could, you know, who could kill somebody. They're the best with their weapon. They're the best, whatever. Like you guys really make sure that everybody has a voice in that world. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I like that drew me to wanting to watch those webisodes when they came out a few years ago, <clears throat> was that, you know, you had these leads you know, with these faces of people we haven't seen before. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. that's, so I just had to say that real
4: quick. That, and that was really important to us in the process from, from the get-go with having, you know, a diverse voice and a diverse cast and, and seeing heroes that we don't generally, or that aren't thrust into the hero position. Right. You know right. what I mean? And, right. and seeing right. that them from... Seeing their survival stories. Right. And that was really important. And it was, um, it was at the forefront of everything for us. And, and, and just like making sure we... And that they, they don't just, you know, have diverse faces. They have diverse backgrounds and diverse stories. Mm-hmm. And, and they aren't like everybody else. And that they come... They approach survival differently. Because I think a lot of those shows are about... Um, you know, of the Walking Dead franchise. are about like what in your life before made you a survivor Mm -hmm. and how are you using that in this apocalypse Mm
2: -hmm. right right and can i just say just for just to be saying thank you for doing the good love bird because i have been waiting for like years for someone to do anything on john brown because as you know folks (laughs) as, as much as i as much as i get on white folks (laughs) <laughs> on the white nonsense, John Brown is one of my heroes mm-hmm. of all, you know, he's one of my heroes that for years, his character has been besmirched by white folks because <laughs> it has been besmirched <laughs> because he has not gotten the respect that he deserves in his contribution to history. Because it takes a lot for a white guy during slavery days to wake up one day and be like, you know what? Fuck everybody. I'm going to help free black people because is some bullshit. And to have your family be involved in that, I mean, his son, and to die for that and to be willing. Because white folks are not known to be brave in that kind of. (laughs) They they are not. As much as they like to pretend like they're John Wayne and they do. We can see right now in 2020 how they would be with the Holocaust and everything else that's (laughs) gone on in the world. So we know that's some bullshit. But when you have those type of heroes like that, and I'm saying that only because when I was growing up, And even recently, I'd say like the last 10 years, I had a friend of mine who was a big Lincoln fan. And whenever I say, you know, I wish people would just do a movie about John Brown, talk about that. And every white guy that I would talk to would be like, oh, that dude's fucking crazy. He was insane. He Mm -hmm. was like, they would say that he had a mental illness because he wanted to help free black people. (laughs) You (laughs) know what I mean? (laughs) And so I would be so upset about that. And I'd be like, if someone would just do a miniseries or a movie or do something to show, like, and you know, not just John Brown, but I think of other people later in history, like Viola Luizzo, another fellow Italian, who, you know, who put their lives out there, who are just regular white people. Mm -hmm. It's not like they're heroes, or they they set out in life to be heroes, it's just that they found themselves in a particular place and time, and they took a stand on something, and they acted on it. And so when I realized what The Good Lord Bird was, like, somebody said, my sister, it was actually my sister who said, girl, you know AMC got this show, and it's about this, and then when she <laughs> described it, I'm like, is this John Brown? <laughs> <laughs> and my sister's like, I don't know, but this sounds like some shit that you would watch. Like my sister's just, my, me and my sister are like 180 degrees from each other, but she's like, this is the stuff that you would watch. And so when I found out what the show was, and I'm waiting for some more episodes so I can, I can binge watch everything, um, I was just so excited because it's so rare to see those type of stories. Like we get our slave stories, we get our different type of stories, but to get the story of a white person who really just, just did so much and does is so discredited from white people. Yeah, Just thank you for doing a show like that. Cause I, I'm just so excited to see that. Cause I've been complaining for years, like John Brown, y'all be having all these other mofos out here, Who's- getting all the historic things. And John Brown is like, why is not once anyone telling that fucking story? Yeah, you know. Well,
3: I, I'll tell you this. You know, when I first came out here, there was a. I was... Thank you for
2: having Ethan Hawk because he's so fine. Well, he's got himself. Eddie ages like fine wine. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Real quick to, um Just to what you're saying, to thank you. I just want to say, like, um, it's really a credit to Ethan Hawk. And uh, this is this was his baby. This was his project. James McBride's book is brilliant. I yes. recommend everyone read it. It's an incredible book. And it's a credit to Ethan Hawke and the showrunner Mark Richard and our and our amazing the the amazing writing staff. Um, can I just give some quick shout outs? Yes, like they get, they get they get credit. Um, Mark Richard, our showrunner, who's been like a mentor to me, who's just uh, just you know, had such a vision for the show. Ethan Hawke had such an incredible vision. Um, Erica Johnson, she yes, is, Erica. She is yeah. just um, incredible. Her pitches are fire. She is the number two in the room, um, and she was steering the ship whenever the showrunner couldn't be there. And she is also kind of like, I feel like a mentor to me. I, I get so much inspiration from her, and I felt like every time we had the same pitch, I was like, I'm on the right track. I yes. yes. I, maybe <laughs> one day be like, yes. Erica, yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, and she is just, she's such a teacher and she is like, I just cannot say enough good things about her. And I know she's going to be a showrunner any day now. And I just, she's just the most incredible person. I want to reach out to her. I want to have her on the show. Yeah. You should have her on because she's amazing. I love her so much. Um, and then Kristen Sabare, who's an amazing writer and she, um, she is just a really kind person too. And she's become like a friend. We've become friends since the show. And I I encourage everyone on anything they do to make friends with everybody because it's so important. And these connections will last a lifetime through good and bad points in your career and your life. Um, She's amazing. Jeff Augustine, he uh, is an incredible TV writer and playwright he had one of the trickiest episodes with Erica and he just pulled it off brilliantly. Mm. And I'm so impressed with him. And I, you know uh, I feel very grateful that I had the opportunity to work with him and the opportunity to work with all of these amazing writers and who've taught me so much. Um, And I just, I just really want to give them their credit because this is, this is not, this is an incredible effort on so many people, the entire crew, the support staff, everybody, it it doesn't, it, takes so many people to make a show right. like this and right. it's so so many voices and they're just all amazing and I just really want to make sure everyone knows that it's that's no 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 great i'm
2: just so excited about that
4: Oof.
3: well i would say you know like 20 years ago when i ke- i remember when i first came out here there was a there was a john brown script that was making the rounds mm-hmm. and it was a feature and it and it kind of goes to lisa's point like everybody who was reading it was saying this is just the coolest shit this type of character there was all this talk they were like trying to get like this was like this was like this was brad pitt in the days of
2: like my like, god like, if they like, would have um, had like, you know i'm a brad pitt fan it's like, <laughs> it, it, it's like he uh, been uh, like, would have got him a big old oscar for that role like <laughs> what's the
3: movie he did um legends of the fall legends of the uh! Fall. So so so, so 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 around the time when that, like, was, you know, he was coming off of that, and I was kind of. But but they were saying, but oh, this is amazing! This is need, so you should get Bradley to do it, but no one's gonna fund it. The studios don't do because it Because you know, no this one, punk, like, no one was,
2: was comfortable seeing. Let's be honest, no one was yep. comfortable seeing a a white character, a white male character, that radical. Like it's one thing when you have them doing stuff that's kind of soft, civil rightsy type of stuff. Like, oh, we're gonna do this. No, this man was like, like this is how badass he was. Like, one of my ancestors was part of that Harper's for all that stuff. Oh
4: my god, that's incredible.
2: So it's like that's always been like in our family. Like, you know what? We was up there with the white boy who went out and did this stuff. So you know, that's (laughs) our JB is our man. But it's like no one really is was really comfortable with seeing someone do that, where someone was willing until 2020, like when we saw it in 2020 when white folks was coming out there and a lot of white folks was getting killed by other white folks for daring to come out and say black lives matter and losing lives this year. Like that is such a radical thing for white people in the sense of putting yourself in a position of giving your life up for other people that technically you don't even have to give a fuck about. That's the privileged position you have in this country, especially back in slavery days Mm -hmm. where it's like, John Brown could have lived his life and like, been a little carpenter, had some land, (laughs) minded his goddamn business, but I don't know what the fuck it was where he, like I said, like he just woke up and said, this is some bullshit,
4: Yeah.
2: and my family's going to be involved in this, and we're going to get these people, and the fact that black people trusted him mm -hmm. to say, we going to do this, because I'm going to let you know right now, as a black person, even today, some white folks I don't trust. So I know in slavery days, there going to be a lot of white people. I'm not going to be like, okay, this white dude is saying, we're going to come in here and we're going to take these weapons 16, and we're going to go out and we're going to kill a bunch of white people too. You know, it's not you know we're going to kill him out. Okay, we're going with him. We're going to do this. And it's like, it takes so much. And 20 years ago, Chris, nobody was ready for that, to see a white dude. No, no,
3: well, let's see. It's, it's <laughs> interesting. It's, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, I was watching that thing, the... Um, Trials of trial of the Chicago seven, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I uh, and, and and I remember that you know that was Sorkin? Couple, who that yeah, Sorkin. I remember a couple years ago I was doing some reading about a friend of mine were talking this was ten years ago now, we were talking about like how the sixties there were white people who were on this kind of this this radical bent that that was scaring other white people. Yeah. You know? Uh it's because the way they were seeing things was so like anti what America's about in terms of like capitalism and this rugged individualism and stuff like that. And it's interesting, like seeing the guys like, like Abby Hoffman and the guy that generally has ever hit his name. Right. Like those right. guys are behind that movement. And the way the way those guys were disrespecting that judge like in that thing. Which, if you haven't seen the movie, or not it's fucking hilarious. But you and it's like, and you think those guys weren't doing that, but it's like, he has court transcripts to to know that's what happened. That's you know, what happened. Yeah, you know, and it's kind of like you watch it and you're like, these guys were willing to say they're they're firmly part of the establishment to say fuck the establishment. Let's right. burn it down. And right. it's kind of like that takes a real special kind of person who that's a,
2: really, that's, a, that's, really that's, that's, that's what we call the spicy whites,
1: the spicy whites <laughs> <who> <laughs> they, You gotta steal that Lauren, you gotta steal that Listen, they,
2: <laughs> they, they, they there's just something innate in them and, but throughout history what we have seen is they've always been discredited and one of the number one ways to be discredited in that way is to either say they have a mental illness, you know, they're crazy they're just performative, but there are a lot of people I mean if we can have a, 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 a Manson, okay, yeah. you damn well better believe there's somebody else on the opposite side who is just as, as radical but in a good way. And I just don't know if people, Chris, 20 years ago were ready to see that type of stuff. I'm seeing more of those type of stories coming out. I don't know if it's because the climate has, has made it yeah, more accessible and mm-hmm. people are more open and we want to see. More radical ways of, of telling stories. So it's like the fact that Ethan Hawke saw this book and said, I, I want to tell this this story and I, I want to do this thing. To me, it's commendable because a lot of people, look, you know, they, well, see, overlook, they overlook this character and it's like one of the most iconic characters. I mean, if you're a white dude, you, come on now. You play this, this role. like
3: play this role. See, <laughs> okay. But, yeah, okay. But, but, but see, but the thing is, is that I, I almost also always feel like. You know, the, 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 the Hollywood is branded with all these kind of like liberals and what to make art that really changes things like that. But I feel like they're all afraid because if a story about pre-Civil War America made sense to some European financiers, then they would have fucking made this movie 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Because it feels like a Western and blah blah blah, mm-hmm. it's just b- beyond their kind of like grasp. Like, how's it relate to us? And I right. say that because you know you see these movies that, like, there's that one movie with Bruno Ganz called Downfall. Like, you know, like, like mm-hmm. he played Hitler, and yeah. it's kind of like that movie is crazy, and <laughs> but it's fa- it's fantastic that it got made. You're like, you know, in the studios in the Hollywood days, they would in Hollywood times. Like like even now they wouldn't make a movie like that because it's too um, it's too challenging mm. and and when you make something that challenging then you have to just the people behind it are like you know we're putting the money up you know it doesn't matter if we lose it all we're still gonna mm. do this thing and I feel like the you know like that's what's challenging about doing certain films mm-hmm. I mean obviously someone like you know Ethan Hawke doing this book and the way it's been for the last four or five years if anyone says hey let's green light this show it's already profitable so not worrying about is it risky is it a financial risk it's right. just like you know is it a creative risk that, that we want to take right, right now that and, and, and yes. you know and obviously the, right now well you know like this show probably hit high gear in the aftermath of like aftermath of like Me Too and that kind oh, of reckoning yeah. in Hollywood yeah. and, they, and they were like okay like, let's roll with this for it to be out now I was watching right. It now. Well, right you, the, the there's, process. there's also right. a
1: couple of things though that um, uh, there's, there's fine lines right uh, uh, so there's a fine line between bringing out a John Brown series right now in uh, this climate and does he appear to be a white savior Right, and that's and, and that's where
2: it gets touchy.
1: Correct, but there's a fine line. But that's why you have Erica. You know, that's why you have these people on the show to make sure that things are staying in a certain right. way. And, and I think so, that's, oh, go ahead, go ahead. no, no, no. no. And so, so they. But that's why I said there's a fine line because mm-hmm. no matter what you do, Lauren, you're gonna be offending somebody. Some, yeah, somebody, it's and, gonna happen. And you just like, have to put the shit out with the heart and the intention right. of why you. i like,
3: you know what? Yes. Offend people yeah. all day long. Yeah. That is your job as an artist. <laughs> to offend people all day long. Here's my thing. If you're not offending
2: people, you're not you're doing, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing it wrong. Yeah. Right, right.
4: I, I think we that was a big uh, topic of conversation in the writer's room, is the white savior story and making sure that we weren't telling that story. And I think, you know, to what you were saying, Chris, it's a credit to Showtime and it's a credit to Blumhouse to mm-hmm. say we're going to do this project and we're going to put it out to the world. And, um, and the white savior story was a different, it was something we were always conscious of. It was something we were always talking about. It was something we were always thinking like, at the end of the day, the good Lord bird is onion story. It's mm-hmm. the story of Henry Shackleford. Yeah. It's the story about a slave. Joshua
0: was
1: the star. <laughs> yeah, he was freed
4: it. by John yeah. Brown and, and, the, and the growth that they went through of, of fearing who they were. And who they wanted. It's the story of who you are, who you wanna be, and where you're going. And, right. and, and that was Onion's story. And so every time, and so we definitely, every time things got too much, John Brown, we always took it back to what's the Onion? Right. What's Onion's point? It's, it's Onion's right. point of view, it's right. Onion's um, story. And so I think that, and, and Ethan believed in that too. Right. And that was important to him. And I, and, I
2: th- and I think that was a really smart story move to go through the young boy to tell the story because then it kind of like, okay, John Brown's not the center, but we're seeing it through the, the what we call it, the fish out of water that we get mm-hmm. to travel yep. through the story from the eyes of somebody who's, okay, this is our, is this our story. Him, and John Brown's too part too. of it. Yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah. And it becomes like a covenant of age story and it, it brings in all the other things that I enjoy um, watching. That's why I'm just looking forward to like, okay, when I'm ready... I, I have to wait because my strep levels are so high and I have not been able to enjoy a lot of content. So now that I feel like we've got some grown-ups back in the White House now, yes, I feel like I can like relax enough that, that to, enjoy, to, watch to enjoy... To <laughs> enjoy... It's like when Obama got in office and George Bush was out. It's like, okay, now we have some adults that are going to be able to... I can, I can breathe a little bit. So I've been kind of like, okay, a lot of the shows that I've been wanting to watch over the summer, I just could not muster up the energy or anything or the spoons or even just the, the bandwidth to even just to watch them because I was just so tense and stressed so I feel like I'm in a place now where I can enjoy certain shows so I'm really looking forward to checking out yeah. Hey Lauren,
1: let me ask you how did, how did The Good Lord Bird come to you um, and what, what type of thing did you submit and how did it, how did it come up
4: um, So the, how it came to me is I knew the show I've known the showrunner a long time he okay. was my professor in grad school, actually, but I uh, <laughs> I, I didn't, wow. like, but he, I didn't actually, like, it wasn't like he was my professor and he took me along on this journey or anything right, like that. Right, it's like, right, he was right. my professor and he, uh, I, I also write short stories, so he was a short story. Okay. Grad, and so then also from there, I went on with my journey of, like, being on all those shows, like I said, and coincidentally, he ended up on two of those shows. Just
1: totally <laughs>
4: we got there on the first day and we're like, oh, you're here yeah. too? That's yeah.
1: That's hilarious. So we just
4: kind of uh, continued to work together. And then we wrote an episode together on Fear the Walking Dead. And um, when he was developing this with Ethan, he was like, hey, I could use some help, you know, with the book, like read somebody else to read the book and basically someone to talk to and help break the story. You know, it's and and if you are interested in, like, helping me research and do that kind of stuff. So I was like, sure, yeah, I'd love to do that. And this is a story that I'm really passionate about and it means a lot to me. Um, and so that's kind of how I helped him through, you know, with the development process. And he, of course, it was all him, mm-hmm. Mark Rashard. He's amazing, um, just a brilliant guy. And um, when the show got picked up, he was like, do you want to come on board? Um mm. Uh, you said, nah, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, hell yeah. I, I know this story already. I ain't got time <laughs> okay. to write yeah. it. <laughs> so, so at that point, I'd already been um, working on it for almost like a year. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So it was like I had, uh, you know, spent a lot of time. I think that goes back to the thing of like, stay in touch with your contacts. Help them however you can and like be a resource for anyone looking for help. So I think, um, but yeah, that's, but also I did submit. Uh, he knew my writing and mm-hmm. and I'll, it had to go through all the other channels as well. Right. So it wasn't just like, here's the job. It was like I still had to essentially, you know, interview and um, do all the things that you have to do to get a job.
2: Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Now, Laura, can I just ask you something in terms of jumping back to the Fear the Walking Dead? And this is just a purely just this observational on your part in terms of writing on the show that has this hypothetical of what if whatever this thing is that turns people into zombies and people having to, like, basically live the way we live in 2020. Do you look <laughs> back in hindsight and look at, like, from when you were on the show and you guys were writing these things that seemed so fantastical and so, oh, this would never happen, and looking at 2020 and just seeing, and I don't know if you saw these images where people were, like, posting videos of people who were, like, just acting like total asses. And mainly, I'm just going to say this a lot of them were Trumpsters and mega people, mm-hmm. where people were like making memes of these actual people and equated them to looking like characters from The Fear of the Walking Dead. Like, yeah, I remember there's a video they were that. putting up, and they were like, oh, this is like a scene where this is real life people who were coming up and banging on doors, and mm-hmm. I'm not coming here with a mask. I'm... And it was like, do you, do you have any like feelings in terms of like, oh my God, I know I spent a few years writing on a show that wrote about an apocalyptic event yeah. and to actually be a writer living through an apocalyptic event. Like, is that a total fuck? Like, what is, what is that like for you? Well,
4: I did spend so much time thinking about what it looks like when the world falls apart and right. then, and then the world started to fall apart. And, and, so it, was definitely like a, it was like, Whoa, like seeing some of the images, imagery that you're talking about and then thinking about what we did with the show. I was like, well, I think we got it right. Like, I think
0: <laughs>
4: we like, captured that a- accurately. Um, and so good for, good for everybody on that worked on, you know, okay. because they, you know, I think that it was, like, pretty accurate. I also think that um, it's, it just, it goes to show you about what happens when everyone kind of loses everything. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you do when you lose your job, when your family's getting sick? when you don't have any money, when, when things get, it's, it's a, it's a story of desperation, really. Right, right, and, right. and I think that we're living through a time of desperation and a time mm-hmm. when everyone is just scrambling to hold on to something. And if it's an ideology, if it's, you know, whatever it may be, a religion, a way, mm-hmm. a worldview, everyone is holding on so tightly to their, their side of things. And I think that you see, the, the the Walking Dead franchise happens on the other side of that, which is right. like, all that shit is gone. Right, now right. what?
1: Right. You know, it's funny. Um, I think I've said this on the show before, but when this started happening with the um, <clears throat> with all the, the Ronan and whatnot, um, <laughs> I jokingly turned to my husband one day and I said, baby, I love you, but if you turn, you ain't gonna make it. <laughs> You're going to be the first one to go. like literally,
2: like the first thing, like in March, like when they fired all of us at our job in March, on Friday the 13th, Mm -hmm. in March of this year, and basically the first thing when I came home, my sister was just like, shit, this is like the opening stream, and, and my sister's a big Walking Dead for the Walking Dead fan too, and she was like, this is like... This is like the opening scenario of like how fear The Walking Dead must be because it really felt that way in terms of desperation, in terms of trying to find food, and you can't trust people, and people trying to hide out, and do it just felt so surreal. And so, Lauren, going forward, because it seems like a lot of the shows and things that you write are like the genre shows, or the hypothetical shows, or the what if type of shows. So, as a writer now going forward, um, depending on what shows you go on, how has Living through this pandemic, living through all of this, this, I, I, I can't even find a proper word for it, 2020, I guess, going forward as a writer, how do you think that's going to transform you in terms of how you approach your writing now?
4: Um, I think, I think it's definitely, I, like the thing, the, the project I'm working on now is um, basically kind of a, a QAnon type story set Ooh. in the world of, of video games. Oh, okay. so our- So I I, for me, it's definitely inspiring to see it as much as how ugly this is and how terrible this is. I think for writers, we have to look at this and say, like, okay, what's the inspiration that this can give us? What's the story that we can tell based off all this terrible shit that's happening? Okay, look at it and say, like, okay, how can I how can I tell a story about that reflects this? And maybe has a commentary on it, but it's also entertaining and fun, and and draws people in, and has compelling characters. So for me as a writer, I'm just trying to say like, this is bad. It's not a good time for anybody, and respecting that, and then and then also while also trying to reflect it, while also giving an escape from it in a Mm -hmm, way, mm -hmm. like to turn it to turn it on its head, look at it a different way that can still be entertaining because I don't, I don't think any of us want to, I mean, I think we do sometimes all of us with the doom scrolling and everything we like indulge in these negative fantasies, indulge right. in this, stuff. but I think we're now that we have kind of a new era in the white house, mm-hmm. a better era. Like, I think we're going to start hopefully finding a way to tell stories where we can be happy and reflect, yeah, but yeah. also find a good place to, entertained from again because I think right. for a while it was like what are we even gonna yeah. say
2: <laughs> it's, like, it's like it's like what mr. Rogers used to always say his mom used to tell hims like look for the helpers like in, in any bad situation look to the helpers the people who are helping to to make things good and hopeful again and I I like I said this these last few months have been such We've, we've all lived through like this movie that we did not sign up to be a part of. <laughs> yeah, totally. And we, and we have reached like the third act, Deumont, like, you know, it was funny. Some people were posting up stuff from, um, oh, what's the the Guillermo de, uh, de Toro movie? The Pacific Rim? Mm. The Idris Elba speech? The Apocalypse? We're going to turn <laughs> And it was like, I, I feel like last week it was like, yeah, we got, we got to do this thing. And then when the voting was going through, and then of course the first time in history in a long time where, even though historically we've always, it, it's always taken time to count all the votes. It's just that we've never had to experience it in real time mm-hmm. because usually there's a landslide or it's really obvious who. And in this situation, literally it was like, it was like watching a soccer game. Like you watch <laughs> the different states, like who's up, who's down, okay, who's got the ball now now we're rolling it. And I feel like we are turning a page and I think people are going to be able to breathe a little bit and I'm just really interested to see what the new content's going to be because it was, this has been a rough, like, 20, I, I'm telling you right now, and I'm just telling you from black people's perspective, people's. I, think, I think the black peoples of America, are everybody's going to be making their black eyed peas and cornbread and collard greens on New Year's night, New Year's Eve. <laughs> I think everybody around the globe is going to go outside and scream. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> if they like, haven't already. If they haven't already, like 2020, <laughs>
2: please go away and, and just have something hopeful to look for. But I, I don't know. I, and, I, and it's interesting because a lot of the people that I interact with online and stuff, they, they look to a lot of the genre stuff and stuff that, that deals with apocalypse, deals with dystopian futures and deals with ways on how to cope, comfort coping um, I know a couple of my friends. Our favorite is the Voyage Home from Star Trek, where you know space has gone erratic and we have to go back to the past and bring a couple of whales and throw them in the water. And it's all good now, you know. And it's like I think we found our wh- I think we found our whales now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the thing that's been evil floating in the sky and, and making things bad is going to float away somewhere, hopefully. But I I just I, I'm really hopeful. But I I just think it's really cool, Lauren, that you're you've written on shows that. Not only deal with type of like worlds that have come to a crossroads and something has to be done to change it, or else it's all gonna go to hell for everybody.
1: There's a theme with most of the shows. Yeah, Yeah, it. it seems
2: like most of the shows, like I'm thinking of all the stuff you've written on, I'm like, She, Lauren has a theme. She might not be be aware of (laughs) it. She's trying to feel Okay, so is genre, (laughs) is is that something naturally that you gravitate towards? I know one of the other shows, I think it was, was it Hell on Wheels? That was one of the shows that's not technically a a genre show. But is there something, is it just, I'm taking this job because I'm a writer? Is it a lot of the stuff that you're choosing because it's like, I'm really interested in that genre? this is the world I want to write in. Like, what is your, what is it? What is your, what are are your interests in terms of writing? Like, what is it that you love to write?
4: I love genre. I'm a huge genre fan. Um, I, like, adore it. That's kind of where I started when I told you, like, in college, where I was like, I want to be a TV writer. It was like, that's where it stemmed from, was genre, things like Battlestar Galactica, Pushing Daisies, things like that, where I was obsessed. And um, that really inspired me. And um, But actually, since quarantine started I have started to think a little bit and I love historical fiction and I love history like those are things that I am super passionate about and that I watch uh, regardless of what show I'm working on or and those are projects that I naturally gravitate to and I think since quarantine started I've like written one pilot and I'm starting another one but I, I I'm trying to like put myself out of my comfort zone because i think that this has been such an uncomfortable time so i'm trying to challenge myself in that moment to be like okay what don't i what haven't what world haven't i played in and -hmm. and what worlds do i love that i don't have that i haven't written in yet and i like for what one of those for me is um character drama and uh, family drama Mm -hmm. so i wrote a i wrote a polyamorous family drama shut I'm, up yeah <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and then when I saw that announcer from Lena Waithe I was like oh my god I've got the sample <laughs> yes, yes but yeah so I'm trying to think about how That's the cool. things I love and how to write towards them so that I can get on more shows that I love right right
2: are you can you can you give us a, or is it under wraps in terms of your polyamorous script can you give us a little tidbit like the the elevator pits like what is it about or is it on Yeah, the- it's a
4: okay. it's, oh it's a um but basically it's a it's about a uh poly- the central family is a polyamorous and they live in a community, a trailer park community that's also like mostly polyamorous and a diverse cast and they are in Tucson, Arizona and it's kind of about raising families. In a community like that. Because we see okay. so many family dramas about your nuclear family and things right. like I, like, love parenthood and things like that and things uh, shows that have those types of families. So I was like, I want to tell a different kind of family. And polyamory something that I, you know, was kind of interested in for my personal life. So I was right, like... Right. <laughs> and it, I personally, I was like, I'm very interested in this, so I'm going to explore. No, that's, this.
2: Awesome. No, that's I, and I love that because I have a lot of friends in the fiction writing that I do that are in polyamorous relationships or in, in different types of alternative relationships. Yeah. And literally, those are the type of things that I'm interested in. Like, I'm not interested in watching shows with the typical and the blue, Like, I'm looking for things that are a little bit more progressive and new that we don't get to see. So I'm hoping yeah. this that you wrote gets picked up because I would love to see something like that on TV that's different and, and not different in the sense that there's been polyamorous families forever. It's just that now sure. people are just now starting to recognize what it is and mm-hmm. it's not this this shameful thing. So I'm really excited to see I mean, somebody pick that show up, please. Yeah, I'll send it. I'll send you the script
4: if you want to read it. Like, so for me, that yes. journey starts okay. with like polyamory something that I'm interested in. So it kind of really started from personal places. Would this be right for me in my life? Right. And so that's where the journey started. And so I started and I, I do what I always do when I'm interested in something is I just dig into research and yes. reading. And yes. before I was even interested in writing it, I started just getting into the concepts and what that means and ha- what it means to have a family in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, I was like, OK, now I want to write that, this. Now I want to write something about this. I'm very inspired. I think those families are beautiful. And I, you know, we'll see what happens with my own life. I don't know. TBD. Right. I don't yeah. know what I can say yet, but like...
2: Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, I, I, and I think it's just it's cool that. that... I'm just really cool that people are open... To, that you're open to talking about something like that in your own personal life. Because most people would be like, ooh, I don't want to say that because one, they're going to think I'm a freak or they're going to think that the relationship I'm with, the partner I'm with, that there must be something wrong. And that's not, right. that's not at all what it is. So I'm just I'm just really glad that, that that you're doing something like that because I just think the world needs more different stories and we need different things, not the same old, same old anymore, because clearly in 2020, we cannot, we can't keep telling the same stories that aren't really inspiring anymore. And I have to say this, like it's this, this last 2020, there's been a really, really very few shows or miniseries or things that I've said that have been inspiring or made me feel like excited about them. And, you know, so I'm just glad that there are writers out there that are, are, coming out with certain new ways of seeing the world. So kudos to you for being open to that and to, to doing something like that.
4: I think it's like, we all start from like a place of uh, is this something that could be right for me? And then it inspires us to write something like, and even if I don't, you know, I don't know where my personal journey is going to go or what's going to happen on that front. But I think that just thinking about thinking, trying to say like, is this something I'm interested in for my mm-hmm. life? And then also, mm-hmm. Being inspired to write about it because of that, and you know, I, I think I think we're all very scared to write from a place that's not our personal story. Mm-hmm. And I don't, and I, and I really, and I, I talk to my writers group about that a lot. It's like, I have, I'm not living that life.
2: Wait, 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 ding, 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 ding. I'm sorry. We have a professional writer that writes on shows and you have a what now? A writing group. (laughs) Okay. I just want to make sure people hear that. Like you have a what
4: now? It's actually, I'd actually love to talk about them because they. Yes, uh, please. I'm in a writer's group, all female drama writers. We call ourselves the coven. Um, Oh my
2: God. I love you already. (laughs) Uh, Cleared.
4: I know you know uh, a few of the ladies in it because I, I talked to them about being on the show because I was a little nervous, so I called them up. Uh, I called Bianca Sands. I called no! her yesterday. you—you oh, oh,
2: were, you, you were nervous about coming on and just well, talking out with us.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was like, I, well, I was like, I want to talk to her because I know she's been on the show, and um, right. it. I, in terms of like, I know this is a screenwriting podcast and about mm-hmm. people emerging, and a lot of people are listening. I cannot tell you and stress enough create and find a writer's group. It is going to change your life. It is having. It's like having your own personal writer's room to workshop your material. And if you are uh, the, all the women in my group are working writers or, um, close to be, you know, close to being full-time working writers, all on right. the, class, uh, all just incredibly brilliant women who right. are, have been, we've been supporting each other for years and we've been, Uh, with each other's journeys both in writing and personal and career and like even if we have a question that's not about our material like let's Mm -hmm. say we had a meeting or we are going to talk about just like how i called bianca we'll all send an email a blast out to the group hey i'm in this particular situation does anyone have any advice Mm -hmm. and we are all just a sounding board for each other like i cannot stress for enough that you need to get feedback on your material you need to have and not just people that are like here's some notes these are my thoughts it's here are some pitches and ways you can make this better. Yes. Right. And if you need those people in your life, it's imperative to be, to being a successful writer and right. to taking that feedback. And if you're like, I know if I'm hearing the same thing from eight people. Yeah. In a group, it's
2: ding, true. ding, ding, ding.
4: And, and <laughs> like, ding, ding, ding. And on the opposite of that, <laughs> if I'm hearing one negative, if I give it to someone else and they have one they're like, uh, I don't know. It didn't resonate with me. Blah blah blah. And uh, the other eight people that I trust are saying, No, Lauren, this is legit. You're this. You're on the right track. Right. And then I know. Okay, that person's opinion not as good as these eight trusted people. Yeah, so yeah, I can't yeah, trust yeah. enough. Find and get a writers group. It's gonna. It'll change your life. It'll be the best thing. It's. It's been a godsend for me. I. I am cannot be more grateful for the coven. Shout out to all the amazing women in there. <laughs> yes. I hate yes. That's
2: but that's I, And the fact that you're <laughs> all just could, The club, yeah, they call themselves the, the cub and you're already cool. Like, your cool points have already, you got, like, an yeah. automatic 90.
4: We cool and we're like, hey, witches, can I get some advice <laughs> on? <done?"> I, <laughs> I love it. I, love,
2: yeah, it. I love it.
4: I love it. How does, your,
1: how does your writers' group work? Because I know you've been there for years. How, does you, how yeah, do you like yeah. this?
4: Um, so we work, the, it's, you know, it's changed a little bit with quarantine, but um, we meet every week usually. Somebody turns in. Uh, we usually do two people per session. Um, mm-hmm. Which can get hard, but we we. How able, many pages? We, it could be anything. It could be a pilot. It could be a feature. Oh, the whole thing. It could okay. be, the whole thing. Could, okay. You come in with a concept. You come in with a pitch. You come in with a store, a novel, whatever. You come in with whatever you've got to come in with. And mm-hmm. we're also really open to coming in at early or early, early on material. So I'll send like, here are all the beats in my head that I have for this project. Right. Uh, help me. Help me figure out. here, here are the things oh, yeah. I need I think I need help with tell me if I'm on the right track or t- pitch me pitch me and we just basically treat it as a writer's room we don't treat it as like a note session as much as we just act like we because we're all been it we've all been in writer's rooms mm-hmm. so we all just pitch as if we've been you know as if we're in the room so we're like pitch 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 idea 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 that's how it
1: should you be could do this. Mm-hmm. you
4: could you could change that what about this character's journey is this arc landing so we we just really try to and we send a, a list of questions and things that we want to focus on but we all Always kind of go off track from that. (laughs) And then just kind of give each other we give all everyone everything they've got. And I think another reason that it's so important is that um it's you're sharpening your own tools. So if you're giving people uh feedback and pitches, you're keeping yourself sharp. You're keeping your pitches sharp. And it's like when so in times when I'm not in a room, I still am sharp and I'm still being able to say oh, here's an idea, here's an idea, here's an idea. And they're like, mm-hmm. yes or no, that's their choice, but I know I'm still using that part of my brain, mm-hmm. and right. that's so important to do between jobs. And it's, um, But yeah, that's how we work. We meet every week. We do one to two people, and we whatever you've got, we'll read it, and we'll give our honest okay. feedback, and be there for each other. It's amazing. What,
1: what about you, Chris? What do you guys do in yours? <clears throat>
3: well, ours is a little different. We meet every other week we have there's no limit on who the number of people who can submit mm-hmm. you can get 30 minutes on your material but you have a a page count limits maybe 20 pages maximum um and the group reads it out loud so you get to actually oh, oh. Oh, okay out. so, to, so that, 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 that's why it's short because you couldn't do a he's
1: got time. some actors in his group too there. so oh, okay on, cool actors, you got know
3: that. um and so so you get to hear that's the thing I love about it is that you write something that you think is really cool, and then when you hear someone who's like a trained actress, like it's a friend of mine, she's on it, she was on insecure and on, and she was on like you know, um, uh, Big Little Lies. Like if she's got to say something and she can't get her mouth around it, you know, mm. then you're like, I fucked that up. Mm. You know, like honestly, yeah. I because because my whole thing about writing is. Uh, you know, I tell people this all the time. It's like, I don't write for anybody but the actor and the director. I, I honestly, like, that's what I'm writing for because they have to make it work. You know, the actors... And so when people are, people are uh, you know, and you, the director is going to be the original audience for the whole piece, and then the actors have to bring it to life. And so, like, you know, so if, if that's what I love about my group is that when you, when you hear it, you know you go, "Oh, that's cool! Or, that sounds right, or everything like that and and then everyone just comes signs in and just pitches, like, what if you did this? this did not land or, you know you know and it's it's really there's it eight of us in there, and it's just a really strong group you know I think like most of them have been on shows or like Steve is a big writer, a big feature writer, you know um some of the you know or they're all like right there about getting on mm-hmm. um." It's it's interesting just to hear. I mean, I feel like to me, I feel you have to have the writers group because you don't have the ability to uh, to litmus test your work and have it not count against you. You know, because if you just write something you think is really cool and blah blah blah, and then you send it off to like some contract you've made, mm-hmm. then you've kind of burned that if it's not really really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean that's why I think writers groups are really important, and also, you know, just like a writer's room, I mean, you know, it becomes that safe space for you. You mm-hmm. know, if you are not like you said about, like you said, Lauren, about you bringing in like early stage stuff. You know, you know, you know, like, like I brought in the deck I had for my movie, and I said, "Here's how I'm thinking I want to do this," and they were like. Oh, you know, they're like, we love what you know, but what what about this? And just like, I have four pages of notes on like different ways to change my deck, not necessarily the content, but like how to present it, so that when you, because these people have have all been reading the script for the last, you know, pages of the script, so they're really intimate with the material. Mm -hmm. Now seeing how I'm trying to sell it, and they're like, oh, but you should do this because we, this is the for like this element of the story, like you need to bring this up, and you, you know, and it's like. Who else do you know is going to have that kind of like investment in the material, mm-hmm. you know, and then be able to now take it and move it and, and look at like how you plan to move it through the marketplace? Because there's one thing for people who can read it, you know, and obviously, yeah, you know, you got, like you said, like do people like it or not like it? I mean, there's all, I mean, the, the, the moments I love in our group is when there's contention. some people don't (laughs) like something some people do they're like no no you're wrong you know and also the thing is you know if you do it with people for a while you know you become really good friends and you can like joke with each other about the content in a way that maybe you couldn't with someone who was just like an an original read. you know um for instance for instance like I, I healed like you know because Ron mccan is in my group you know mm-hmm. and um and because he had read my you know my police essay when I had mentioned way back in the day I <laughs> of cocaine he always says if I make some weird ass suggested he was like so are you sniffing again today just before, <laughs> you know and i'm like you you know like 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 he does not let me live that down even though it's like in my past it's just but there something. <laughs> you know, but that's not something that most people could do, you know. And like yeah. early on, and and you need that kind of like I mean, uh, you know, he's, and it's not like he's, really, you know. And, and if you like an idea, but maybe think it's a little crazy, like you just don't go. I hear you, and then that you know, like when I hear that, I'm like, yeah, but you're rejecting it. It's like there's a way, and it doesn't matter if you reject it or not. But it's sometimes to me, if if you reject my idea, I'm like, okay, what about this? What about this? It'll give me, it'll mm-hmm. spur me. Well, you to, were- you were, telling,
1: out- you were telling me the other day, Chris, just the reason why I wanted to bring this up was you were had so so Lauren, he was having an issue with his last five pages. Like he had it all out, but he wasn't sure about something in particular. And um, when you went to tell the group and you went to talk to him, you pitched it and they came out of you. It was like something like that, wasn't oh, it? Oh
3: right, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so I, I send you Lauren earlier, the script, this thing is like I'm trying to get these I'm trying to get the last 10 pages to bring these five stories together. And in my head, I, I, I knew what needed to happen just, like, story-wise. Like, this needed to happen, this needed to happen, this needed to happen, this needed to happen. Um, but, I, but I didn't know how to, like, re- like what was the ordering of it. Yeah. And, and, and like, how it was going like, to tie into some other things emotionally in the script. And they were asking me about it because they were like, well, how, this is when I showed them the deck last, last week. They were like, well, where's the finale? I said well it's this is where it is and they go "What's are you prosecuting i'm like yeah i am procrastinating because i don't know how to <laughs> you know and they said well what is it and i said well it's this 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 and, this, and, this. and then and when i pitched it out i had because i had to tell it like a story mm-hmm. as opposed to just like here's the idea it then it then a the whole thing kind of came together it was like oh here's how i gotta write it Yeah, That's exactly how i'm gonna write it and then like that evening. You know, it was like well, we broke it like ten thirty. I stayed up till like two just to write out those last ten pages mm-hmm. uh, because it was still so fresh in my head about like how, you know, and and I and I have notorious for pitching shit and not remembering what I said like 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 oh yeah like, like the minute after I said I'm like. Oh yeah, we're, yeah. What was that we're in the room. Even in the
1: room. Chris happened in the room a couple months ago, and I was running in the room, and we were talking about something, and I'd be like, "Oh, Chris, that thing you said last week," and you're like, "I don't know what I said." Y'all do not like, have no recorders in the room. No, we have we have our assistant, but but I
2: just assume he would know. <laughs> I don't remember anything I said yesterday. I I'm like, terrible
3: with
0: that.
2: I'm oh, the wait, worst but Chris, in- <laughs> Chris you'd be having your journal right there in front of you. And usually you're writing your stuff down, like, oh, that's a good idea. And usually write it down right then and there. Yeah, you got your he's, journal. He's, wait,
3: oh, oh, okay, that's if I'm listening to someone. I'm, but if I'm like talking and the idea, it's just more like studio of consciousness. And then it was I done. I'm you. like, okay, there it I is.
2: Gotcha. Like, I gotcha. Was it, I, I gotcha. recording <laughs> it? I gotcha. this. lost to the ether. It was
4: recording. So.
2: You I see how
1: you. crazy we are here on the rent. I, I,
2: I got you, Chris.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh. I do the same thing. I'm like, what? It, what did I just say? Did right. anyone catch that? <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> terrible.
2: <laughs> Lauren, what is your like passion project? Is there something that you're dying to write that you haven't written it yet, but it's an idea that's been stewing for a while, and that if you had the opportunity to do it and pitch it as a show, like, is there something you're really interested in writing?
4: Well, I, I'm really passionate about the one I'm working on now the the q conspiracy one set in the video I, game world because um yeah. i also write for video games so i'm yeah. i'm really passionate about that space and and also bringing those stories to light and like i know there's mythic quest but that doesn't really to me that doesn't really tell the story of, of like it's too funny. more emotional story that's it's funny it's funny um, right 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 those also, just from like a writing perspective for the wga hilliard like the 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 writers of video games i I, you know i have a lot of passion about what i believe that they should be getting in terms of the guild um that aside i think my other another passion project i have is um i recently a couple i think last year or so i went to sicily and i met my family for the first time oh my gosh Uh, yeah which was an insane experience Brazilian. of like, oh yeah, it was crazy. Cause I, um, I, we're the only part of that family here in America. So, mm. um, wow. we only okay. one, one branch of that, the family and the rest of them are there. And we, they Greek, my aunt reconnected with them on Facebook of all places. Oh, oh my sweet. gosh. <laughs> yeah. And, and, um, so I got to meet them all. And so I have like a, I have an idea that's like under the Tuscan sun meets uh, godfather too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Out, but I'm like, I also was like, okay. uh
1: long as you know. he's not Godfather 3, we're good with that. Okay, okay. There's a recut coming. So we hey,
4: <laughs> we hey. We have
2: to wait until hey. the recut. No, no, so because, saying, no, no, so no, no recuts on a <laughs> save that. I just watched that again a couple of days ago, and I'm like, no <laughs> recut will save it's that.
4: Gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's one, another one I'm passionate about that's like more to my personal story of like, I want to tell a story about, um, you you know, someone like me going through life in the present and then also tell the past, tell the past story of my great grandfather, because the the story of my family, I think is really interesting. And um, my great grandfather, he apparently left Sicily because I, the rumor is that he killed somebody. Oh, I don't know if that's true.
2: Listen, I love it. Anyone who leaves Sicily. There is a dark past behind yes, it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm only speaking from the Tuscany side because my family, we're Tuscany, we're Florence okay. all the way, like my dad is half Italian and my siblings over there and when, when this COVID is over I'm going to go back over and go see my family, but it's like when you hear, and I had a cousin over there that's actually dating Sicilian, it's like anybody from Sicily who leaves some <laughs> shit done went down, I'm, that's well, all I'm saying. The
4: only ones that left. I'm so not saying, left that's left. all I'm saying. But then he eventually, um, he was apparently involved in the same Valentine's Day massacre and he was eventually whacked. So he was. murdered. Oh. So I, I like really was like, I, I think I want to tell this story one day and, and the story of me connecting with them. and, and wow. but I, I, it's a story where I'm like, I think it's almost too, i too close to start it yet. So I was like mm. this Q QAnon thing. I really want to do this. Like I'm really, right. really passionate right. about things. Right. So I'm going to do this first. And then and, I'm going to do that later. later. Actually, yeah. that's the thing I have like a question for you guys on it's like, I have a lot, of, I have so many ideas, as I'm sure all of you guys do, and all the people listening do, and I'm I'm always like, oh my God, this, 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 this. I have such a hard time deciding what to write, and which idea to just, because it takes so much time and energy to commit to something, and you you know you're in it for at least a couple months. Right, so Lauren, right. can you,
1: are you one of those people who has a hard time doing more than one thing at once,
2: or
4: what? Um, Well, when I'm working, yes. So just do yeah, so so if I'm working a full-time job, I try to do one thing at a time because sure. if I I, if I can develop other ideas and yeah. write at the same time, sure for sure, like I can have those ideas and write them out, but i I don't I, I have not nailed the like working and writing to to completion. Mm-hmm. multiple projects, which I think, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that you, a skill you get with time. It's and hard. I
1: also, they expect you to come in with pitches tomorrow and they expect you to research. Yeah, them.
4: that's fine. <laughs> that, that I have no problem with. If it, If it's just like come in with pitches or come in with ideas on any, like if I'm meeting on a show or anything, okay. I am ready. I have every idea. I have a pitch. I have a take. I have everything. That's not a problem. For me, it's the completing multiple projects at once while also working full time. So I try to focus on um, completing one project at a time, while well, I continue to write down all my pitches and ideas. Right. right. But I well, think, yeah, the, I definitely uh, hear uh, you guys. Uh, have I, the
3: two, two things. One, I think it depends on like uh, on how you're working. For instance, <laughs> like if you know, like the Zoom room that I'm in, you know, it doesn't meet all day, so no. yeah. there's a lot of like there's so there's there's a lot of free you know, there's a disproportionate amount of free time than what you might get if we were if we were meeting, you know, and going to the office and I said, "What? The, I can't even say, ah! I know. I, I, wait, that wait, that wait. That wait. That I was waiting for you to slip up. I was waiting
2: for you to slip up. My ear was getting closed. Something that Bianca like, told me that pissed me off so bad because I was, wait, I was
3: that, wait, something something like, what? I don't get to be part of that shit. That pissed me off. I'll say later. But, um, Mm -hmm. But so so that's a different story, I think. I mean, usually, you know, because like I usually write movies and I can kind of divide up my day into like the morning I'll work on this. The afternoon, I'll work on that one, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, and then in the evening after, after dinner, if I have like, you know, if I have like some some unreleasable energy, I might work on something new. Um, if I'm, you know, like d- like develop something, like you know that kind of like early work, not the actual script writing. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, y- y- you know, that's one thing. If I'm if I'm actually writing, but you know, but I'm writing, w- whatever it is, like I have to keep two projects going when I'm writing, o- yeah. and only because at least two and It's because I've realized that for me, when I get stuck on something, like how do I want to like do this scene or something like that. You oh, know, like
2: something else, there you
3: go. Yeah, working something else, be, you know, be, because if not, I'm just sitting around like maybe an hour, like, well, so, so, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? You know, uh, or I'll try shit. And, you know, like the other day, I was just working out, working out a big monologue and I just would write it and then I'd walk around the house and it just was because like, I'm only working on one thing right now, mm-hmm. you know, um, but that's that. In terms of like trying to, trying to find I what ID do I want to focus on? Um, I mean, to me, yeah, there's a lot of ideas that I just, you know, oh, this would be a cool movie. like I saw something the other day, I was like, this would be a fucking cool movie. I, I, I know it would be. Um, and then I said to my friend about it, he's like, well, I might you might need to, like, you know, it's, he was like, it, it, the climate might be not right for that. I was like, that's true, that's true. But I always say, what are the ideas that keep coming back? Yeah. You know, like the thing that keeps keeps what, hey, do you remember this? Or, 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 or like, I see something new, I was like, Oh, this could be really great in that one idea, you know, like like mm-hmm. I have this really fascinating um science fiction thing I was working I'm working on this movie, and I've been working on it I mean maybe the last year or so off and on um but just the other day, I was talking with a friend of mine in this acting class that I'm doing. he has some arts in Paris right now, and I was telling him I said, like, oh, that's really fascinating and i you know, there's, some, there's an art aspect to what I was doing. I kind of pitched him out the, the movie and he was telling me, oh, that sounds really cool. Is it, and he asked me, oh, is this going to happen in it? And I was like, no, but it can. You know, <laughs> um, it's just like mm-hmm. things like that. And then because that, I mean, and I haven't worked on that project in maybe three months, but I do, it's, but it keeps coming back because it, it mm-hmm. doesn't, I, I can't let that one go. And that yeah. one let me say something about me, this. Um, you know,
1: this is, this, is a, this is a time you have to also be nice to yourself about this, right? So a lot of us get caught up in, oh, my God, I just heard that writer talk about how they wrote four things this year. You know what I mean? Oh, they just finished whatever, right? Because I'm one of those people. I've probably written seven things this year already, right? And so that doesn't mean I'm better than you, right? What it means is I just have – I know how to schedule myself just a little bit different. Even though I work – you know, I'm in several different rooms, a lot of different things going on at the same time. <clears throat> I, I still will literally will schedule things like Chris was saying, OK, my alarm goes off at this time. I work out for 10 minutes. I switch to the next thing for another hour. You know, and, and, and the reason is you got to give yourself a lot of the times. I talk to, to writers about this all the time. We all think we need to give ourselves. It's going to take me three weeks to write this thing. Right. For example, I'm like, all you need is like an hour here and there. You can get a lot done in an hour. So you got to be more nicer to yourself about that and be like, you know what? I'm really passionate about this thing. You know, every day I'm going to see if I can do an hour, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever the thing is, and just watch the pages start to move. That's Mm -hmm. what's going to excite you about it. Instead of the urgency that I need to finish this whole thing now, as opposed to, and, and Chris and I were talking about this the other day. Sometimes you'll have a, a project you're working on, for example, and you come to a bump you come to a bump in a road yeah. right
0: mm-hmm.
1: you'll be and then 2 weeks later you're watching a tv show and this thing will happen and it'll occur to you right, right? right. but had you had pushed through that you wouldn't have got that idea like that yeah so it'd be nicer to yourself about sometimes you know, timing is everything.
2: Right. And yeah. for me, I like the idea that Chris does, because I try to do that too, because right now I'm in the middle of doing the NaNoWriMo, because those of you, oh, nice. only for years, I do the fiction writing too. So I'm doing NaNoWriMo, but I'm also working on another book at the same time. And so I've scheduled my morning time for my NaNoWriMo stuff, the evening time for my other stuff. And then, like Chris, after dinner, I have my little glass of wine, and then I'll do something which is basically, I create because the creative side of me just loves this. It's like, I make my little mood boards, my playlists. Mm-hmm. I play around and get images. I spend a lot of time brainstorming and just looking for images on the net. And I actually, there's like a, there's plenty of free mood board apps that you can find online. Right. And basically I make up mood boards and then I just, draw, just literally drag, drop the pictures in. I download them. I think of music. I just try to do some like non-writing things to creatively keep me juiced up for those type of projects that I might not have it completely, I don't know. I might not have the beats out all the way, but I do know that these are things that I'm doing that, that are priming the pump for when I do have the time to go ahead and start writing it. I have the images ready. I have mm-hmm. different type of playlist music. Like I have my little YouTube stuff and videos and music and things that when I'm finished with something else, I can jump into it very quickly.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: By looking at images, listening to music, and any research things that I'm doing, quotes or things like that. So I found that that helps me a lot because it's it, it is a skill that you develop over time in terms of being able to juggle more than one project. Mm-hmm. So for those of our listeners who are like Jesus Christ, I'm just trying to do one right now and just to finish that. Yeah, it hard. is a skill. It's a skill that you develop, and eventually you do start to schedule times and those projects. And and, and deadline, deadline and personal yeah, deadline. And, <laughs> and that's why NaNoWriMo is so important because it's like the project I'm working writing for NaNoWriMo, I have small beats for it. And this is like my free write mm-hmm. where I'm not pressured. I don't have any like an editor deadline. I don't have to worry about correcting things i'm just writing and making my goal deadline i have my scrivener software that i use for that so i have my separated chapters and it just works for me in terms of learning to just keep myself on track and scheduling and making sure i'm just doing it and not overwhelming myself in the process
3: yeah i mean like something else you know you know i'm not sure what what if you write with like final draft or highland or something like that but one of the things i love about highland is it, it does have a because John August and, and, it's, and who else is Jameson really into that that writer sprint? Like give yourself right. an hour right. writing that. Right. You know, and that's what I usually do. I the morning, I, I'm, in the morning, I want an hour that is uninterrupted. You, you mm-hmm. can't call me. You can't. I mean, you can, but I'm not gonna answer the phone. All this kind of stuff. And I do that in the afternoon, so I know that I've got that in. And I love that 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 little part of the the piling that because it kind of keeps track of how how, how much you've typed too so you Mm -hmm. kind of know what you did during those things and and then keeps an analysis of like the writing scripts the writing sprints you've done in like the last whatever like month like week or something like this you kind of know what your efficiency is because one of the things that i think happens a lot is yeah i'm gonna write all day Mm -hmm. but then it's like how much time is am i really uh, my fingers are on the keyboard yeah Right. That's only this or right. This right. This, I could like... write for
1: five hours. That's it.
3: Yeah. That's it. Yeah,
1: I mean Unless I... I'm like on a real deadline. Yeah. Like, like
2: you, you, know, you, you, hours, you know so. your yeah. internal you know your internal rhythm and that's what works for you. So yeah, definitely.
4: Yeah. Well, this is really <laughs> inspiring to like and, and, and it definitely I definitely try to like hold space for the other ideas and write down ideas when I have them and it's kinda mm-hmm. like all these they are saying of just like okay well I, I know I have this idea I want to do one day I'm going to write when I have an idea but I, I'm going to do this too and like I think I'm um I'm definitely learning my process of how to do all the things I need to do at once mm-hmm. <laughs> and not feel like, oh my god it's so overwhelming I have so much right. in I had right. and I can't get them all out because that's right the, that's I think, the, I think like, that's the hard part of being a writer
1: right the other the other thing that I would just add to that is the, the, it's the same thing with when you're writing a screenplay or a TV show or a pilot is you don't have to write it linearly. Mm-hmm. So so all you can write the ending, the middle, the, you know, the, the, the passenger, you know, like like I always tell people, like sometimes I like How I have this scene in my head. I see it so clear and I'll just ask them, have you done the outline yet? No. I'm like, you can write the scene. It doesn't yeah. mean you can't still write the outline, write the scene so you can see everything in your head, but then go back and do what you're supposed to do. You well, I mean? well you could you could puzzle it together later.
3: Look, you know? I wholeheartedly agree with that because it's one of the things that, like, I it, I mean, there's usually a scene that is telling you, "Oh, I, this is what I want to write." Right? This yeah.
2: Is right. What I want right. to write. So right. write that.
3: And usually, what I do is, I you know, like, am I you know, like there's a project I get this big project going with this director's attached and we're it's TV thing is really excited, but they were, but they were like, and, and, and how I got them interested was they read something else of mine and they were like, Oh, let's talk about, let's talk, we to do this, but what else you work on. And I just pitched this idea. They said, do you have anything on that? And I was like, well, I've got 10 pages. They're like, what? And I was like, yeah, because, because I had this idea I loved, yeah. It's a lot of work for me to, to get into that world and do research and blah, blah, blah. But I wrote 10 pages to see if I could find the voice right. like, like for that script. Because a lot of times I need to find a different, like a variation on my voice for each thing that I'm writing. Right. And I was like, I'm just going to write these 12 pages. And, right. this, and, you know, just to see if I could handle this type of story. Right. And I sent them that with like an outline for what the pilot was gonna be and what the show was gonna be for the season, and they were like, "We're in, we're mm-hmm. in." Let's nice. You know, and, and they were like, "Can you do XYZ And we sent to our agents, and I was like, "Oh, you want the, all that? It's all work I had done already. Like who the characters are, what's gonna happen for the first season, blah, blah, blah." I said, "Just give me a week," and I just I I just like compiled like fifty different fucking like you know because like I used that text text pad feature on. The Macintosh. Whenever I get an idea, I like, "Oh, we write this down real quick." Blah blah blah. So you know, just or different things. I just like compile all those things. Is it here's the story? Clean it up, and they were like, "Our agents love it. Let's roll it as soon as we can." And and and, and but, but that was like it just off of those opening, that those ten pages, and, it, and and it happened to be the opening, but only because I needed to kind of like show the tone of the piece, and then mm-hmm. jump to the next tone, and it was going to be like kind of a, a, a sharp shift. I was like, if I can do that in those twelve pages and everyone can buy it, I can tell the rest of the story. Um, and that's kind of just like me just testing myself. And then, the, and then at the end, they were like, "Where's the rest of it? Where's the rest of it?" And I was like, "You got to pay me." you have like that's how you gotta do it that's how you gotta do it because otherwise because <laughs> otherwise i gotta do some else until yeah I mean, yeah I, I, I was like look i'll get to it eventually writing why right right but, right you know, right i'm trying to i'm trying to direct a movie so it's a little hard for me to want to like focus on just like you said the energy you need to write something it doesn't matter what it is is a lot and it, can, and it will consume uh, like your hours away from the computer screen because you're just like, you're still in that, that sauce. Yeah. And I'm in the sauce and trying to bring this movie together that I want to direct it, it's just like- and, know, and sometimes things take precedence. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. Especially
1: if you're on a show, which you are always on a show, if you're on a show and you're working, you know, it's really hard to, number one, have the energy to want to do something yeah. else. Mm-hmm. But even when you do, you know, your agents are like, hey, we need that new thing sometimes. So it's it's like a lot of, you know, give and take. But I think that if you piece things together, you at least feel like you're moving ahead. Yeah. You know? that's, that's what I found, which is people are like, how did you write seven things this year? And it's only October or whatever it was. And I was like, because... I pieced so many things together that by the time I got to it, it takes me a week or two to write it because right. I've taught myself to write fast. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. what
0: I mean?
3: yeah. And I'm, so
1: there's I, like, yeah.
3: No, I mean, I think, I think the thing also is, is that for people who aren't on shows, it's like the thing that taught me how to kind of divide my energy was when I had a day job and then I still want to do my work, mm-hmm. creative work. You know, I'm not going to wait till the weekend to write. There's just not enough time on the weekend and you want to do other stuff. And, you know, so I would just like, okay, I got to come home and spend two hours, or an hour, right when I get home, before I do anything else, you know, whatever it is, you know, I mean, or just like, or like last year, you know, when I was making that commute, you know, mm-hmm. it was killing me, you know, it's basically I was working out of one of the hails at this, doing some graphic design work. And it was just like, I get out. It was like 90 minute commute each way. But yeah. when I came home, <laughs> when I left work, I would go to the Neuhaus house and write for an hour, mm-hmm. and then home. I, I did that every day, um, and I was like, "Yeah, that pushes my day. Like, where I have less, I have less personal time in the, you know, in the, from you know, the during the day, like every day at night. But you know, but I needed that to like crank through a a, a, a script that then open up open up a whole bunch of doors for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I have okay. that, but you. But i think that everyone has that they kind of feel like oh, once i'm on the show i can kind of relax but it's like what were you doing when you weren't on the show so <laughs> you're <could laughs> probably Sorry. like having a job to make money <laughs> you gotta turn it <laughs> up. you know okay, okay. you gotta okay. be like, working to get and, and you gotta be desperate as fuck writing something like maybe getting up at five i remember like watching them like angela burwoff was telling me before she wrote that thing she did that 9 11 thing she was like she was like i get up every day at five and write till 6 and then wake up my husband and do all the other shit they got to do during the day. But I needed that 90 minutes for me, you know, or I just was never going to get that script done, you know? And then, you know, I mean, that's the one, you know, that one she did with Nicholas Cage, the Oliver Stone thing, I can't remember, but but that's the one that broke through, you know, that's the one that broke through for her. And it was like, so you have to kind of find that, um, uh, I mean, that energy and that commitment that you had before you got in the door, you got to use that same level of like drive to get to the next level of two and three goals because, you know, because you realize these top showrunners, you know, if they're announcing two or three projects a year, they're selling and shit like that. It's because they're doing that, you know, or if you walk into their office, they got shit on the board for four or five things going on at once. Cause it's like, you know, because they know the energy. It's just like, it's just knowing how to allocate your energy, you know, yeah. anyway, that's really
4: yeah. that's great. That's really helpful. And I, 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 I think that that's going to help a lot of people hearing that it definitely <laughs> opens you know opens my mind up to how to to multitask and i think a lot of people like you're saying chris they think that when you get on a show you're done or where you get some sort of uh acclaim you're done and right. a lot of people think that and it's a constant never-ending hustle right even when you have a job you got to be looking for your next job
2: right so, and right. i
4: think like that realizing that mentality is um Super hard and it's it's shocking. Especially when I talk to people who are like trying to get in the industry and they're like, Well, so you get on a show and I'm like, Yeah, then you gotta get on another show.
2: And you get to get on <laughs> another the next and, show. And and yeah. not easy.
3: The process, I mean, look, I mean it might be easy if you were coming off of some hit show. Like if like like if like yeah. if I was a watchman, like if I were yeah. a watchman, yeah. 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 Then it's, yeah. like it's easier for me to get a job, but if you're not on those type of shows that the whole commu- the whole world is talking about kind of thing, it's a grind to get the second job, and you gotta like sure. do all that legwork before you need it. Because if you know, because if you were looking, it's like in everything. If you start looking for the job when you need it, you in a lot of trouble. You in a lot, <laughs> lot of trouble. You just start getting hungry. Like, uh, I, no, I mean it's just, just going to happen I mean the, the, like, last, I mean, thing, yeah. the
1: last thing I want to say before we wrap up getting, it's getting late is um, remember this as you go ahead Lauren because I think you're going to have an amazing career yeah, is you. always write the thing that everybody didn't want you to write like this um, polyamorous one is that what you said mm-hmm. it was yeah. nobody wants you to write that script watch that be the one where you're running the show <laughs> you know what I mean that's how it works. That's how it happens. I yeah. always tell everybody: the one everybody told you not to write is the one you should be writing. It's mm-hmm. the same thing with, with that thing about yourself that you don't want anybody to know about is the thing you should be telling everybody. Yeah, that's, it's that's scary.
3: That's, it's scary. That's the thing. And, that and, makes and, and, it's in. scary for you, but it's a scary idea for others. And if you execute it right, then it's like I said earlier: like if your art's not offending people you're doing it wrong because you're playing it safe and people right. love it and, 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 and literally everything that you can go, oh shit, that was fucking cool is because they weren't playing it safe. Yeah. Indeed.
1: Mm. Well, thank you, Lauren. So, well, yes. first of all, we appreciate having you on the show. Yes. Uh, uh, you guys only did, is that just the one season show?
4: Yeah, the it's Lord? a limited series. Yeah. So it's oh, on, gosh. it's on Showtime, The Good Lord Bird, Sunday. <sighs> I know. Uh, It'll be uh everybody, everybody needs to watch it.
1: Ethan Hawk if he don't get the Emmy for this freaking show. I'm telling you. Again. Oh yeah, my. let's
4: all hope we again we win it for a limited series. Let's I think Yeah. It, yeah. yeah.
2: for sure. For sure. Y'all, y'all um, got some um, competition though this year though. Y'all got some competition. <laughs> hey. That's good. That's good. It's and good. that's good. That's good Yeah. That, that means there's so has. much good stuff out there. Oh, really?
4: Excited. So, where are you at,
1: Lauren? Where can people find you? Are you on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook? Twitter? Um,
4: I am on Twitter at L-S-I-G-N-O-R-I-N-O. Um, L-S-I-G-N-O-R-I-N-O. Um, please help me with Twitter because I need help. I, I'm not, <laughs> it's, not, it's not my forte. That was one of my goals from this year that I asked my writing. To help me figure out Twitter. I, I'm trying, guys. So, help me out. Hit me up. Uh, send me a DM, whatever. Um, and then I'm on Instagram at, um, at Lauren Signorino. Um, and Facebook, same, uh, yeah. But any Twitter help you guys can give me or advice? <laughs> 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 I'm like still so not it's good at it. Followers. I need to get exactly.
2: Just be yourself on Twitter. Like, basically, it's just what you're interested. In. Like, I've been off for a long time because I just needed a mental break. But it's just whatever your passion is, your fandoms, your shows, and just the stuff that you're excited about. That's what you should tweet about. You know, just yeah. it's not it's not really about trying to finesse anybody or trying to impress mm-hmm. people. Like. When I was on the 24-7 just doing it, it was because it was just stuff that I was just interested in. And, you know, yeah. I had an opinion about it or it's like I wanted to signal boost people or shows or things I thought were just awesome that people ought to know about this. And that's all it is. It's just a fun space that, as long as you make it fun.
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I always don't, get like anxiety about, like, posting. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no.
1: Yeah, and, and you don't have to post... All the time.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's
1: the key that I've learned. But it but it helps if you post at least, you know, once every day or two or whatever. Um, like like we have, you know, probably barely three thousand people on our Twitter, but we probably should have three thirty thousand. It's because of me. I just am not on there. I'm not like if Belisa Lisa was running this thing, we'd have a huge thing. Oh God, <laughs> you know? God if I
2: come back I'm like, maybe, maybe that's what I need to do in 2020 so let me do the Twitter feed and just be all, all right. out. Of, but hope you have so much shenanigans though that's why that, that's why I have that's why I have my burner accounts because if I ran it, we wouldn't have nobody coming yeah. on the show. I'd be like, you know what let me just have my secret <laughs> accounts. <laughs>
1: Where are you at Chris Derek?
3: I am uh, at unauthorized. Media, no. What am I saying? I'm at um. um <laughs> I'm at um, taking um, up stuff.
4: I'm authorized.
2: I'm
4: authorized. That's his on Twitter and
2: Instagram.
3: That's his website. Wait, wait are you, you in a
2: write Are you in a writer's fog right now? It's like, oh god, it just. <laughs> no, 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 no.
4: That's
3: my company. That's my old design company. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, but yeah, but that's um. Unauthorized CBD at, on Twitter and on Instagram, same one. Positive. Awesome. You, you can at find at me on Facebook culture. on my name,
2: but yeah. I'm so rare on Facebook. Yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter as "What fresh hell is this?" You know, it's me when you see the mermaid. So, "What fresh hell is this?" Which is my girl Dorothy Parker was always saying that when she had a martini and hanging out with these writer <laughs> folks. And anything, <laughs> something went down. It's like, "What fresh hell is this?" I'm like, you know what? That is my muse. <laughs> Her yeah, and Zora yeah. Noah Hurston. And um, I'm on Instagram, and I believe it's what fresh hell is this, Lisa? I believe, but you know, you know how it is, y'all. <laughs> sure. sure.
1: <laughs> and I am your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show. Screenwriters are, are on Twitter. <clears throat> Any questions? Screenwriters at gmail dot com. Please give us a um, five star review on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, everything, whatever you guys listen to. We are out there um follow us share it do all that shit what else chris
3: uh you can support the show if you go to the website screenwritersrr.com you can buy t-shirts you can buy mugs two people bought mugs today i'm super oh, cool. excited um
4: yeah i'm going to buy a mug
3: uh, <laughs> you know there's two different types of mugs at the moment there's uh there's three different types of, t-shirt, type of t-shirts four different types of t-shirts uh and there's the patreon link so if you can get, support yes. the show via patreon you can, and there's different tiers on patreon because if you can just support the show there's like five dollars for you know some stuff there's ten dollars for that 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 book the from from staff writer the show writer, the out of print print guide the writers go put out there's mm-hmm. you know uh i think the five dollar thing is for so people who want that secret bottle episode Um, Oh yeah, you know, and then there's hundred dollars for script coverage. There's all sorts of stuff on the site, uh, the Patreon site. You can support, or you just go support us directly on uh, screenwritersrr.com.
1: For sure, for sure, and um, big, big, big. um, I wanted to shout out somebody, and now I can't find the damn email I was looking for. Um, Big, big shout out to. Of course, I can't find it. Anyway. I'll say it next week when we do it. Lots of shit going on. Uh, but you guys can find me at Hilliard Guest on Twitter and Instagram. You guys can follow the show. Screenwriters are. I already said all that shit, didn't I? Yeah. Um, I'm, shut up. Didn't nobody okay. ask you.
2: It's, it's um, okay to say it one more time. And one <laughs> more
1: time. Thank you. There's so much shit going on right now. Um, anyway, thank you again, Lauren. This was thank really awesome. Thank you. Yes. A big shout-out to Bianca Sams and the Covent out there. The I think Covent. You guys- yes,
4: the Covent. I, can I say who they are? Please. Yes, please. Yes, yeah. please. Go ahead. Lynn Sternberger, Sydney Mitchell, Frankie Butler, uh, Bianca Sams, oh, um, Carrie Williams, um, Brandy Sperry, um, oh, my God, I hope I'm, did I say eight people? I hope I'm remembering everyone. If I don't, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to email you <laughs> <laughs> and ask you to put it in. Exactly. Well,
1: thank you, guys. We appreciate yes. it. Um, so, everybody joining me, y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room, on the show. We keep it, what? What you going to say now? You forgot somebody, didn't you?
4: I did, I did. Sita uh, Zong, it's another one that I, <laughs> I forgot. I at the, sorry. That's, I think no, that yeah, you're that's, good. Everybody. Yeah, no, I just wanted Awesome. I want to make sure everybody is on that In the coven gets their shout-out. Oh, that's awesome. awesome. Sorry. <clears throat> awesome. No, 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 you're good. So, that's
1: awesome. You guys know how we do it on The Rant Room, on this show. We, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what? Join us, Lauren.
2: we wow, come? On on forever. 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 Yes. Peace, y'all. Ciao, ciao, ciao. Oh, my writer group's already hitting me up already, y'all. I'ma say what I
0: feel and i promise to keep it real welcome to the rain So you want to be a writer, well you gotta be a writer Till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the benders got me stressed In the rent room, we let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes they Mr. the Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more no game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your are penning words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want